welcome to On Spec, where you'll hear stories that bring you closer to the globe. This is your host, Barry Banawa. Migration takes many forms involving millions of people moving across the world. Refugees fleeing war to safety has dominated media coverage. But there are many others who travel far and wide. A group of migrants few have heard of are Latin American musicians who make their way from the Americas to Europe and Asia to entertain. Photojournalist Oscar Durant met one of these street musicians, and the two built a bond. They found each other in Istanbul, both searching for home. When people think of foreigners in Turkey, they think of Syrian refugees. There are about three million of them. But there are also many other foreigners who come to Turkey chasing their dreams. In 2015, I moved to Turkey to work as a freelance photojournalist. At the time, I was living in Peru, where I am originally from, after having spent about nine years in the United States. I wanted to know more about a different part of the world, and I was hungry for new adventures. The decision to move to Turkey was not a difficult one. However, living there was more challenging than I could have ever imagined. When I first moved to Istanbul, I often found myself walking along Istiklal Street. If you live in Istanbul, it is almost unavoidable. It is the city's main pedestrian street. It's where everything happens. It's where people go to have fun and shop. It is also where people go to protest. In Istiklal, there were so many sounds and smells that were new to me. Here, I could feel the energy of the city. Walking through it was like swimming in the city's blood. On Istiklal, it's hard to know where to look. There are tourists, shoppers, street musicians, chestnut sellers, seaweed sellers, ice cream sellers, people screaming, trying to take you to their hookah shops. And at night, music from the clubs pours into the street. When I walked there, I often wore headphones and played music that reminded me of Peru. It wasn't necessarily traditional Peruvian music. It was just music that was around when I was growing up in Peru. Sometimes it was salsa, like Hector Lavoe, or Oscar de Leon. And sometimes other music that reminded me of Peru. I felt the contrast between the music I was listening to in my headphones and what I was seeing walking along Istanbul's main pedestrian street heightened my sensation of being a foreigner. I felt lucky to be there. My lifelong dream of living and working in a completely different country, getting to know the culture, learning the language, was actually happening. But with time, I started avoiding Istiklal. I guess I just got bored of seeing the same things over and over. The crowds that once attracted me started to annoy me. I never liked crowded places to begin with, 
And when I had no option but to walk in it to get to my destination, I made an effort to filter out the chaos around me. But there was something that always stood out to me. There were a few Latin American street musicians. They were wearing these extravagant outfits with feathers and fake leather. The outfits looked taken out of a bad Western film. They were clearly not Latin American, but the tourists watching them and taking pictures didn't seem to care. Among the musician was Rupi. One of the first time I saw him, I thought he was Peruvian just like me, or maybe Ecuadorian or Bolivian. He has brown skin, he's short and robust, has long jet black hair tied into a ponytail. His hairline has started to recede, also just like mine. I saw him playing a few times as I walked through Istiklal and I was curious about him. When I finally approached him, he seemed kind of distant. He gave me short answers and wouldn't make eye contact. Probably he thought I was just another chatty Spanish-speaking tourist passing through Istanbul. But after seeing him several times, we started talking and we became more interested in each other's lives. He started to answer my questions in more detail and also started to make eye contact. I suspected something was bothering him. His eyes seemed sad. One day I invited him for coffee nearby. Rupi has toured Europe for the past 26 years with a flute and a guitar. He has not returned to Bolivia since he left. About two years ago, he arrived to Turkey to work. He had been in Turkey before and knew he could make money. He planned to stay for a couple of months, but things got complicated. He got stuck. When Rupi was a kid, he was lonely. Music became a consolation for his soul. His father died in an accident when he was a baby and Rupi doesn't have any memory of him. He was painfully shy and didn't have many friends. His mother was a midwife and didn't earn much. Rupi remembers that when he was learning to play the guitar in a church in La Paz, the Bolivian city where he was born, he sometimes went to play without having had a meal. He remembers being hungry. When Rupi was 12, he remembers seeing Bolivian musicians who had been working in Europe, returning with what it seems to be the dream. They had money and foreign girlfriends. They were wearing extravagant clothes. Rupi remembers them talking about their trips to France, Norway, Italy, all over Europe. I want to go there too, Rupi thought. He wanted to be like them. When he arrived in Europe, his plan was to save enough money to buy a house in Bolivia, save for college and return. But he never went back. He first arrived in Luxembourg. He was 17. A Swiss woman named Brigitte met him at the airport and walked him to the train station. Just months before, a friend had told him that his uncle, who worked as a musician in Europe, was looking for a new member for his band. 
they got in touch and his friend's uncle eventually sent him money and arranged Rupi's trip to Luxembourg. For years, he thought he was getting closer to his dream. He was making money, seeing the world, partying. He had foreign girlfriends, but he was just living day to day. So today, he doesn't have any savings to show for all those years of work. Cuando veo esos años me da tristeza y nostalgia, porque ahora como ya tengo los 43, at 43, he's regretful. He wishes he could go back to his younger years and maybe do things differently. Rupi lives in a building not far from Istiklal. The building is full of sketchy characters. They sleep during the day and come out late at night. Rupi doesn't talk to them and he prefers to keep it this way. The rent is also cheap about a hundred dollars a month. He shares a room with a Peruvian man who is also a street musician. If you define home as the place where you feel comfortable, welcomed and at peace, Rupi doesn't feel like that in this apartment. And it is not only in this apartment, he doesn't feel at home in Turkey. I can relate. The feeling of not having a place that we can call home is something that connected us. Almost 20 years ago, I left my home in Peru to pursue my dream of becoming a photographer. I have lived in several places, but none of them felt fully like home. And now, when I go back to Peru, the place that is supposed to be my home, it no longer feels that way. It's as if by chasing my dreams, I lost my home. I saw myself in Rupi. Was I looking at a mirror? I was scared. I was also anxious and uncertain about my future. I didn't want to end up with unfulfilled dreams and stuck in a foreign country without many options. But that happens to so many people. Rupi didn't have a support system, guidance, or someone to look out for him. Working in Istiklal, he puts on a show and he becomes this caricature. He presents himself as exotic, wearing feathers he bought in Istanbul's Grand Bazaar. He learned how to make his feather headdress on YouTube, watching a video made for people preparing for Brazil's carnival. I remember when I saw him wearing this costume and I was bothered by it. Why did he have to present himself as something he was not? That Latin American costume was not real. Part of me wanted to call him out on it, but now I get him. This is what he has to do to survive in a harsh environment, the street. He says that working on the streets is really difficult. People take photos without tipping. He doesn't speak the language and people are impatient and rude. Rupi says that sometimes people harass him and throw water bottles or stones at him. He says he's tempted to hit him with the flute he's playing. He's a target. He doesn't have the language or the legal status to defend himself. 
I saw other musicians harassing him because they wanted to play in the same place in Istiklal where he was playing. I saw people harassing him because they wanted to take a selfie with him. Ruby cannot make a scene, he cannot call the police, he just has to suck it up and keep playing. Rupi wants to get out of Turkey. He wants to move on. There is nothing really here for him anymore. But it's not so easy to leave. Rupi's passport expired and he overstayed his visa. In Turkey, there is no Bolivian consulate where he can replace his passport. The only thing he can get is an emergency document that he can only use to fly back to Bolivia. His visa has expired and every day the fine for overstaying is increasing and he doesn't have enough money. Including a ticket back to Bolivia, he estimates he will have to pay about $3,000. He has few options but to stay in Istanbul. A few years ago, Rupi could have saved enough money to pay for all that by playing music in the street for a few months. But things are different these days. Turkey has faced terrorist attacks and a failed coup in 2016. Tourism declined. So today, Rupi lives in the shadows. Ruby tells me that he has problems sleeping. He's anxious and thinks a lot about what to do next. How can he return to Bolivia? He also thinks that making plans and overthinking is useless. Better to leave things to time and see what happens. Today his dreams are different. He's more cautious. In a way he feels that time is running out. Ruby wants to start his own business in Bolivia, one that would allow him to legally play on the streets. He will write his own compositions and make his own instruments. To get there, Ruby's plan is to live simply and continue playing in the street. Today is Saturday, and after we have lunch together, Rupi packs his instruments. We're walking uphill to Istiklal from his apartment with an old guitar case on his shoulder and a black box that has straps to create a backpack. Inside are his flute and a small basket he uses for tips. Tal vez puede encontrar mi tranquilidad en Bolivia. He says he has been all over Europe and that's good enough. But the place where he ultimately will feel at peace might be where he grew up, Bolivia. Maybe that's home after all. He also told me something that resonated with me. He went all around the world looking for happiness and he wonders, was all this wandering really necessary? In his case, he wants a house, a family, and to make a living with his music. Those are the basics. The rest will sort itself out. I have spent years looking for happiness in another city, another country, another culture. Happiness was always somewhere else. I couldn't reach it. I was waiting for something and I didn't even know what it was. ¿Qué hora tiene? 
When we arrive to Istiklal, Rupi tunes his instruments and puts on his costume and begins to play once again. In Istanbul, this is Oscar Durand for On Spec. Welcome back to On Spec. We just heard Oscar Durand from Istanbul, but Oscar has been living in New York now, and we're talking over Skype. Hey, Oscar, how's it going? How are you, Fadima? Good. What's going on with Rupi since you left? I still see him on Istiklal, and he still plays his music. Yeah, every once in a while, friends who know that uh, I know him and I was doing his story send me photos. Hey, I saw Rupi. Uh, but yeah, he's he's you know he's in, still in Turkey. He's he's working. Uh, I spoke with him last time about three or four weeks and. He mentioned that now working there is a little bit harder because the police is asking now street musicians to register. They ha he has to go with his documents to the municipality to register and you know, he doesn't have the proper uh, paperwork. So uh, he was a little concerned about that. That was last time we spoke. Uh, but if he's still playing, I guess you know, he, he found a way. I, I know he was playing with someone who could get the permission, the, the paperwork. So maybe that's what he's doing. But uh, yeah, I think I'm, I need to call him these days. Actually, I'm going to call him very soon to let him know that his story is going to be published. Oh, very exciting. And I mean, I keep thinking this whole time, how is he coping with being stuck in Turkey? There are a lot of migrants and refugees stuck here, and they all have their own way and coping mechanisms. What was his? I feel like that affects him a lot. I think it's when we talk, uh, I feel like that's kind of like he's carrying a big uh, weight on his back uh, that he's not completely happy. You know, now he's just working very hard trying to save as much as he can. Something that I saw that he, you know, helped him cope was uh, religion. He, oh, actually, now that you mentioned it, last time we spoke, uh, that I spoke with Rupi, he mentioned that he was, he had met a Mexican pastor and he was going to the meetings and he was playing music there. Oh, that's wonderful. Often religion is a way and a coping with, uh, mechanism for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, in his situation, it's, it's nice to see that there's some kind of support system because you talk about how he doesn't have a support system, but you do. And, and, and that's an important distinction between you guys. Your connection to Rupi is through this search for home. And yet, mm -hmm. you know, you came here chasing dreams both to Turkey, but you didn't find home. Um, did you, were you able to achieve your dreams? And why wasn't Turkey home for you in particular? Okay, I think first the part of the, the dreams, um, 
I, I think I realized that the dreams kept changing. You know, I felt like, you know, those cartoon characters that are chasing something that is stuck on a, on a stick in front of you. So no matter how fast you go, you're never going to reach it. Uh, that, that's how I felt about my, my own dreams. So I think the, the idea of, of that has evolved and that's the same for Rupi. At the beginning, he thought, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to live in Europe and uh, travel, see the world, become a famous musician. And, um, you know, along the way things change, but many 20 something years later, he realizes actually, I, this is not what I wanted. Uh, what I want is a home, you know, family, a house, play instruments and just be happy. Uh, and I think it's the same for me. I think we, that's what connected us. We realized that the dream we had before changed and we're, fa we're at this point where we're facing, you know, those changes and, and accepting them. And also this idea of happiness changed over time, it seems, for both of you. Mm -hmm. um, for for Rupi, he's realized it's pretty like solid things, going back to Bolivia, having a home, having a family, as you say. What about you? Has it changed as well for you? What, what makes you happy now? I think when I left Peru in the first place, my idea of happiness was linked to professional success. If I become this, I will be happy. And now I think my idea of happiness is closer to community, family, friendship. And, you know, now in New York, uh, culture is closer to mine. There's a lot of people from Peru, a lot of people from Latin America. I speak the language. I'm able to connect more to people here. And it's not so, uh, as, in Turkey, it was a very isolating experience. Here, I feel definitely better. So in that way, yes, I feel happier here. Well, I hope it lasts, but also, you know, you, <laughs> say, you. <laughs> you, so you say home <laughs> is where you feel peaceful and, and comfortable. And so I'm thinking from what you're telling me that New York feels more like home, but is it possible to have that feeling all the time? I mean, I wonder for me, for example, home is something, it's like a fleeting state of mind, just like happiness. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think it's, if home is something permanent, I think it's, it's like an anchor. You know, it's it needs to be there. It's solid, and yeah, you can. It kind of like in the ocean. You know, you move, but you're always linked to that. You know, it's something that keeps you in place. So it isn't a state of mind. It actually exists for you that you have to have a home at all times. It is like the foundation. It's a concept. It's not like something tangible. Um, like I said in the episode, I think it's a place where you feel comfortable. It's maybe the place is, uh, you know, with my family, with my friends. And uh -huh. it's that sense of comfort that gives you happiness, whether it's uh -huh. a fleeting happiness or it's, 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 it's contentment that stays, right? Exactly, yeah. Thank you, Oscar, for the story, and thank you for listening to On Spec. This story was produced by Oscar Durand, edited by me, 
Additional edits and sound design by Elise Blennerhassett and Oscar Durand, and music by Chris Zabriskie. Tune in next time, and we'll take you to the far corners of Afghanistan. Don't forget to read our Reporter's Notebook blog on onspec.news. If you'd like to contribute to the blog, email us at onspecpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd love your feedback on all our hard work.